thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. How exciting it is to have my favorite and your favorite on the show today, Joe Witten from Quirky Cooking. It's a dream come true of mine to interview Joe because um, I have been a Quirky Cooking fan forever. <laughs> well, uh, probably for about six or seven years. And um, when I first got my Thermomix, Quirky Cooking was the name that all of my friends were saying, get onto Quirky Cooking's blog because all of the recipes are amazing. And if you haven't come across Quirky Cooking, which I just can't believe it if you haven't, um, but maybe you're listening from the UK or Australia, um, or, I mean, Australia, America, and you haven't heard of Quirky Cooking before, check them out. It's www.quirkycooking.com.au. Now, Joe has had a really full-on health journey um, with lots of symptoms that you can probably relate to, uh, including anxiety, hormonal problems, painful periods, um, as well as digestive issues, um, and also had issues with her kids um, from being a young age as well as into um, just preteen, so around the, at the age of 11 with her son Isaac when he had severe OCD. Now, they as a family have reclaimed their health with real food and some lifestyle tweaks as well. And it's just so inspiring to hear how so much progress can be made in such a short space of time just by getting back to easy to digest, full of good fats, wholesome soups and stews and bone broths um, and getting rid of the sugars and the dairy and the gluten and all the other refined food that just sneaks in as well as, of course, all of the vegetable oils that are just ever present in all of our food and, and getting more and more worse. So it's amazing. I love Joe's story and I love what Joe has done in terms of creating the Quirky Cooking community. There's an awesome Facebook page called Quirky Cooking Chat Group. Um, so it's not a page, it's a group. And if you're feeling like you're a bit of a quirky person and all of your friends are teasing you um, for eating weird, then come and find your tribe because um, there's people who are just as weird as you out there and, and just trying to get their kids to eat real food as well. So come and join that, that group. It's a brilliant group. It's a great spot to go. If you've got too much ingredients, you're not sure what to cook, or if you want to substitute something in a recipe and you're not sure if it's going to work or right through from, you know, issues with different illnesses and water filters, everything. It's just a beautiful really non-judgmental safe space to hang out on your, um, 
on your healing journey. So check out Quirky Cooking Chat Group as well. Now, Jo has um, a couple of courses that you can do with her as well. So she has a gut health course um, that you can get access to some yummy recipes and a really basic you know, step-by-step guide as to how to do gaps if that's what you want to do and uh, reclaim your health by starting with full gaps and then seeing if you have any benefits from that and then taking it down a notch and down a notch until you get to the level um, where you stand to get the results that you're after. So Joe is so successful. For me, she is the queen of whole food thermomix cooking in Australia. Absolutely, hands down. But yet she's so real. She's like no ego at all. She's just a beautiful, good egg is the way to describe Jo Witten. Everyone says she's such a good egg. She really is. There's no bravado. She's really authentic and she's really generous with sharing her tips around not just food, but also how to manage life, how to manage four kids. She's got, she had four kids under the age of seven. Um, not she was, she wasn't seven, you know, four kids all into the age of seven at one time, but she's going to share in this episode, some really good tips of how to integrate cooking real food, having a job, wrangling kids, having a relationship, still getting to catch up with your mum for a cuppa, all the things, because I think that it's one thing to go on a health journey, but I think it's another thing to be able to sustain it. And to know when it's okay to ask for help, right? And the reason I invited Joe on the show, Joe on the show, she'll laugh at that because she thinks my accent's hilarious. Um, the reason I asked Joe on the show was to to share a bit more about why it's okay to not do everything on your own, right? And this isn't just for women with successful cooking businesses and cookbooks and you know blogs with 70 trillion listeners and Facebook pages with close to 300,000 followers. No, this is just for the bog standard woman in Australia. Everybody who's out there, don't think that you have to do all of this on your own. And it's been a really big lesson for me personally, just recently over the last probably six months of realizing that I need to ask for help because my business is growing. I've still got a young family. I'm a wife, a friend, you know, all the usual things. And I'm on my own health journey too. So, you know, I was just really concerned that I was flogging myself, you know, cleaning the toilet, doing the washing, running a franchise business and all the other things. And um, have started to uh, get help in my life, but not not as straightforward as it seems. No, 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 no. All of these crazy limiting self-beliefs came up for me around who am I to get someone in to clean the toilet for me? Who am I to employ a cook to help me cook all the dinners? Who do I think I am? I should just be noble enough to just to get on with it and do it myself, even though the reality was that I was running from the time I got out of bed on the morning at like half five, six o'clock right through to, you know, quickly doing a batch of cookies at nine o'clock at night before I collapsed into a heap and went back to bed, get up the next day, rinse and repeat. And it was just getting a bit much, to be honest. And I just didn't feel like I was making any steps forward in my health because I just felt like I was exhausted and running and running. And, and my naturopath said to me recently, really good post, actually, she didn't say it to me, she said to everyone on her Facebook page, Ray Powers, my naturopath here in Denmark, WA, 
said that stress is rushing or worrying. So stress is rushing or worrying. So that's really a really good thing to kind of check yourself with because um, I, don't, I never know if I'm stressed. Do you? I'm like, I'm a stress. I feel good. I'm a stress. Is this stress? Is this adrenaline? Cortisol? Or am I just in a good mood? Am I going to crash? Do you ever think those things? I hope I'm not going to just collapse in the middle of this Pilates class or at the gym or whatever. <laughs> do you ever think that? I bet you do. Um, I'm sure you do because a lot of people tell me that's how they feel as well. So a really good way to just check in is, am I rushing this? Do I need to rush? Can I just enjoy what I'm doing and go on to the next thing? And do I really need to worry about this at 2.30 in the middle of the night? Or shall I just put it on a piece of paper and worry about it in the morning? (laughs) So uh, it took me a while to work out what kind of support I needed. And at first, I thought I needed it in the form of a mentor. So I was paying hundreds of dollars an hour to have somebody talk to me and tell me what to do in my business until I realized that actually I have a really clear, guided almost, not almost, I feel so supported in my business. I don't know where I'm going, but the next step is always revealed to me at exactly the right time. And the ideas just drop in. Like I don't brainstorm them. They just come to me and I know what action to take. So I was like, I don't need a mentor to tell me that. All I need to do is go walk on the beach and tune in to my inner guide and the answers will be there. Then I thought, I need to hire people in my business. So I hired a VA, sorry, not a VA, an EA, Kirsty, one of our prime ministers in South Australia, who is amazing. I love her to bits. And I also hired somebody to help me with my podcasting and get me on other shows and help me get sponsors for the podcast. And then I realized that that was the kind of stuff I quite like to do anyway. And I kind of ran out of work for the girls quite quickly, which was annoying because I was still rushing and running through my whole day. And then it just dawned on me, I just needed somebody to vacuum the floors, clean the sheets, hang out a lot of washing for me. And it would be so nice if I didn't have to cook dinner every flipping night. So uh, after a bit of trial and error, I, I hired uh, a local girl who's young, who is a bit inexperienced, and she was, she was at a cheap rate, but I thought, that's okay, I'll train her up. And really, if you want a job to be done well, pay for a professional and get it done right the first time because it's a false economy. You know, you need to spend more time and money to train somebody who's not a professional um, to do a job. And then you're going to be, you're going to, it's self-sabotage. You're going to be like, oh, I could do this better myself. Have you ever felt like that? Don't worry about it. Do it better myself, right? (laughs) So that's where I kind of went with that one. And then I hired a proper cleaner from a proper cleaning company and they do an amazing job. They make me feel like a rock star. They even fold the toilet paper into a little point, you know, like you get at fancy hotels. And I literally come home and I kiss the toilet paper because I'm like, oh my God, it just feels like a burden has been lifted from my shoulders. And oh, like when I first saw how shiny the tiles could get in the bathroom, I actually broke down into tears and my son was going, are you serious, mom? What are you crying for at the clean bathroom? And I'm like, you don't 
get how supported I feel right now. Like this is amazing. And the thing is, it doesn't matter where you are at financially or business-wise, you need to get help. Like you need to get support from somewhere. And Joe gives us loads of ideas in this podcast of how to recruit help from within the family and when to start and how to ask for it and what sort of standards you should have and how to explain it to the family to make them more cooperative, which is super, super helpful. But no matter where you are, everybody can afford a cleaner to come for like an hour a month or an hour a fortnight or whatever it is that you can afford that just gives you that little space to breathe. And it, for me, it was one of those things that I didn't realize that how much of a burden it was until someone else was doing it for me. And now every night that I pull out one of my meals that's cooked for me by Kira Lee, who's my cook, every time I pull something out of the freezer that she's made, it's like the biggest hug ever. And I think, thank God you've made this because I've just raced through the door at six o'clock and have no time to start cooking stuff from scratch. And all I've got to do is heat it up, cook some veggies, cook some rice, noodles, whatever, potatoes to go with the um, meal and everybody is happy. Now, I found an amazing company called I Hate Cooking. It's a business that's run by Beck Daly uh, and she's in Queensland and she has home cooks across Australia that come to your house and clean, uh, sorry, and cook for you like a cleaner comes and cleans. It is life-changing and they even do the groceries for you, really. And they even ring you up and say, would you like to add anything to the groceries list? It's just unreal. It really feels for me like the village field, you know, like you actually, women are working together and yes, you're paying them, but they work, we're working together. We're helping each other. You're, you're paying a good rate for somebody to come and do something that they love. And that's, that's ethical. That's good community. You're supporting people in your community to come and help you out. So um, when we were at an event in Perth in November last year, I was just sharing with Jo how overwhelmed I was feeling with everything. And she said to me, Helen, you have to get somebody to help you. You can't do it all on your own. And I don't know, but coming from Queen Jo, it was permission, permission to just let go and stop being such a control freak and trying to do it all myself. And it wasn't easy. Like I still think, oh, what will the cleaners think of this part of my house? And will they judge me for this? And are you sure you don't mind cleaning my toilet? All all these things still come up, but I know that I'm doing the right thing because I feel so much more relieved and burden-free. And guess what? As soon as I made the space for that, I had more time to work on my business and things got a lot more exciting at Primal Alternative, um, including making a bread with an amazing celebrity and uh, launching in the USA and hopefully the UK as well. So imagine if I'd just been racing around with my head stuck down the toilet, cleaning the toilet, you know, I wouldn't be able to go out and and serve um, as best as I can. So there, that's a bit of a rant, right? But um, this is what we're going to talk about. And we're just going to get into Jo's life. How does she do it? How does she make it all work? Because it looks so effortless and, and idyllic. And she does have an amazing life and such an exciting vision for the future, pulling her forward. But how does she do it? Being just a mum <laughs> from far north Queensland with kids and you know family stuff going on, 
like we all do, how does she make it work? So a real juicy podcast, absolutely squeezed with loads of tips. So to find Joe again, go to quirkycooking.com.au. Primal alternative are in business with Quirky Cooking, which is so exciting because, and we produce their grain-free dough or grain-free pastry is easier for me to say. Um, and you can buy that on the Quirky Cooking online shop or the Primal Alternative online shop. And if you've got a passion for clean living, if you're a bit of a quirky and you love baking and creating and you want to make a business from doing that, with a national network and an established, well-respected brand, look into becoming a Primalista. Primalista is a primal alternative producer and we're all at home cooks and um, we help people in our community by making grain-free easy by offering them our range of breads, pastries, of course, cookies, jellies, and pizza bases. And we are launching the Quirky Cooking Macadamia and Current Shortbread Biscuits. Um, well, they'll be well and truly launched by now and you can get there. They're just so delicious with a cup of tea. So check that out. All right. And let's get on with the show with the wonderful Joe. Joe on the show. And here we are. Joe, I'm so wrapped to have you on my podcast. Thank you and welcome. <laughs> Yay, thank you. Yeah, I've never been on your podcast before. I know, it's it's funny because I've been on yours and I've listened to lots of yours and done lots of mine. And then, yeah, and it's a real honour to have you on the show, Joe. Thank you for being here. Now, I really wanted to delve in to all things Joe Witten this morning, but before we do... <laughs> a bit scary. What am I going to ask you? Oh my goodness! Um, but before we do, can you tell us what you had for brekkie? Oh, I had a kale triangle. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, um, oh, that's just perfect because I didn't even think about it. But it's with the um, grain-free dough that you guys sell. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it couldn't have been more perfect. Oh, this was not organized, people. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you what happened this morning. It was 6.30 a.m. My husband wakes up and he goes, do we have any fouad dough? <laughs> That's what we call it in the house, fouad dough. And I'm like, no. He goes, do we have any cheesy pizza bases? I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, there's nothing for breakfast. <laughs> and I said, wait. There was like four or five kale triangles in the freezer, so I got them out. And so me and... My husband and my son ate those for breakfast, so we were happy. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah. Such a great start to the day. Um, yeah. So before we go a little bit more into um, life for you now and um, the success of Quirky Cooking and how the hell you managed to keep it all going, <laughs> you know, with such consistency um, without falling into a heap, uh, that's what I really want to get into. But before we do yeah. that, <laughs> can you just share with us your story and why you started Quirky Cooking? Sure. Um, So growing up, I was raised um, eating mostly whole foods. You know, mum cooked everything from scratch, but it wasn't so much because she wanted to, uh, wasn't so much because she knew about healthy eating or anything. It was just traditional foods, um, cooking the way that she'd been raised. Um, Her parents went through the depression in America and they had always taught her to cook from scratch. Her dad was a, um, a, a 
mess sergeant in the army and during the war and her mum was an awesome cook and so the whole family cooked and um, they always cooked from scratch and they didn't waste anything and they grew whatever they could. My grandfather didn't believe in flower gardens. It was all veggie gardens, even out the front. <laughs> and um, so my mum had, you know, things growing in the backyard. We'd go to the markets and get our produce each week, um, usually at the end of the day when it was cheap and they were throwing it out by the box full. And she would just make, you know, bucket loads of, sauces and chutneys and soups and stews and all that kind of stuff with the produce and then we had neighbors that had um, a trawler and so we'd get fresh seafood and um, we this is in cans I was raising cans and so we had really good food growing up um, we also did have lots of sugar <laughs> that wasn't so good and lots of white flour. My mum did make her own breads and cakes and everything was homemade, but it was, yeah, just refined flour and stuff, of course. So um, I'm not really sure why, but from the time I was little, I had issues with food intolerances. And as I know now, it was gut health issues. And um, so I always really struggled with my health. And even though we ate so much healthier than my friends at school or, you know, people that I knew and mum was really, you know, careful to have a wide variety of veggies on our plates every day and all of that kind of thing, um, I still wasn't very well. And I always had colds and hay fever and um, uh, I was always, you know, sick in the tummy, especially if I had dairy. Um, I had runny nose all the time and just I was underweight and as I got older then it became the hormone issues and the acne and the exhaustion and the headaches and period pain and <laughs> you name it and as then I got older and had kids and then all that was you know the added stress of four kids under seven and um, just being exhausted and uh, having trouble breastfeeding because they were having food intolerance type issues as well through my milk. And so it was just constant and it just seemed to get worse and worse. And I tried so many things. Um, I talked to doctors and nutritionists and, you know, all of those kind of things and went through things that they told me to do, but it was never, I was never told your diet will make a difference. I was always told things like take this little pill before you drink milk um, to help you digest it or drink soy milk. Um, I was told to sprinkle sausagin on all my food to help me gain weight. That was disgusting. Um, <laughs> I was told to do things like um, eat lots of chops and ice cream to make me gain weight. Um, I was given medication for the hormones, for my skin. Um, you know, it was just never anything natural. It was, it was all these band-aid approach you know and nothing worked I never I didn't gain weight I didn't get better my skin didn't get better it would have uh, like a month or two where it looked better and then it would flare up again um, and then you know once I started having trouble with my kids health I think that's what really gave me the kick in the pants to look further and um, to to find out what what else I could do so when my youngest was one, I finally started um, visiting a naturopath to see if that would be a, an avenue that would help. And I'd always thought, you know, all that 
you know, alternate medicine was a bit wacky. <laughs> but I had a friend who went to a naturopath and said, no, no, it's really good. You've got to do it. I'm like, okay. And I finally started to get some help with diet and um, started to understand how food affects our health. Um, and I, the first step for me was going off um, dairy and onto, you know, less wheat and less gluten and, you know, working on getting rid of the refined foods and getting more whole foods in because the refined foods crept in as I got older, of course, and um, reducing the sugars. Um, uh, what else did I do? That was sort of the first steps. And I started to see differences right from the beginning. Um, I slowly started to gain a bit of weight. I started to have less colds. Um, I started to have less, my, my blood pressure was better because I had really low blood pressure. I used to get dizzy all the time. My, um, what else was it? Like the blood sugar highs and lows began to improve. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it was just little steps at a time. Um, and I thought I was doing pretty well. And around that time, I started having people, well, a lot of my friends teased me about the way I ate <laughs> and hassled me mm. and um, told me it was all a bit quirky. <laughs> and um, other friends said to me, oh, you know, can I have that recipe? It's actually quite yummy, even though it's healthy <laughs> and stuff like that. So I'd start, yeah, I'd start writing out because I was making up recipes by this time because I'd always... Like mum taught us to cook from really young age and always encouraged us to experiment with the ingredients that we had and not just go by a recipe because sometimes you don't have what's in a recipe when you're living on a budget. Mm -hmm. um, so we learned to really be creative with, with food. So I sort of took the list that the naturopath gave me and, and sort of went, oh, okay, what can I make with this? And once I started figuring out things that sort of suited our family um, and I'd make them for friends, yeah, I'd, I'd get people requesting the recipes. So I eventually started thinking, well, maybe if I just put them all on a blog, then I can share them easier. Hmm. And I was also at the time um, living on a farm in far north Queensland, you know, out of town, four little children under seven, like I said, um, and I felt a bit isolated and um, I was going through a time of quite a lot of anxiety and for me starting the blog was also a way to connect with other people that were on the same wavelength, hopefully, because I didn't have many where I lived and um, to really be able to share what I was doing. You know, the kids would go to bed at night and I'd sit down and blog and that was me time. I really enjoyed it. I've always loved writing. Um, I've always loved photography and I've always loved cooking and I'm a graphic artist by trade. So it was a natural thing to start blogging. I did lots of Googling to figure it out. And um, yeah, that's how Quirky Cooking was born about, uh, now, let me think, it's almost 10 and a half years ago now. Yes, your 10th year birthday anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's amazing. So just yeah. looking back to when you started, just to get a bit more of like a kind of timeline on when yeah. you started making the dietary changes and ditching the dairy and the gluten and cutting back on those sugars, what sort of, so you, is that when your kids, you'd had your kids, so you were sort of like mid thirties, would you say? Well, I was, I kind of started before that because okay. when I was at uni, when I was 19, um, I started going off dairy because I could, I knew that that really bugged, you know, bothered my tummy. 
and I'd get the headaches and stuff. Within half an hour, I'd be on the toilet and I'd have headaches if I had like ice cream or, or milk or something. So I knew dairy was a problem, but I sort of, you know, it's that roller coaster thing where you go off it, you feel better, so you go, well, I'll just have a little bit, and then it builds up again, and then you have to go off it. So <laughs> it was kind of try it out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and I was always um, trying to eat healthy. Like I always had this real desire to eat healthy, and I, I wanted to know more about it. And I'd go scouring through op shops looking for health cookbooks and trying vegetarian recipes or trying, you know, all these different things and um, doing the best I could. Um, but with the knowledge that I had, um, but yeah, just slowly built up from then until finally I got the actual professional help when my youngest was one and I would have been, um, 35. Yeah. When that, when I really started to work on it properly with a health professional. And there, it's interesting, isn't it? Because these are the sorts of um, points that I really wanted to um, sort of dive into with you, you know, mm. around, you know, we have our own health issues, but it's really only when it's our kid, when something happens to our kid, <laughs> that we think, all oh, right, now we really need to do something about yeah, it. Exactly. Isn't it funny? I'm like, up with it for myself. <laughs> yeah, like, I, it's almost like I'm not worth it, but this this child of mine mm. is. And, and it, it, it sort of... Yes. Um, doesn't really matter because anything that you know you need to change for the child is is going to naturally trickle to you anyway and then everyone will benefit Mm. from it but um so so that was you know that sense of urgency too when it's your child it's like okay this is this is getting desperate now (laughs) (laughs) you must stop crying you need to do something exactly exactly (laughs) they they just cried a lot the Mm. last two yeah, full yeah. on, full on. So, so then, what would you say? Where would you say you are now? Because you know, it's been a long journey for you since um, since your child won, and you, you went to the naturopath, and then you've gone on a gaps journey um, due to Isaac's um, OCD, and the, yeah. the all of yourself and, and the four children went through the gaps um, protocol. Then, so mm-hmm. how, how long ago was that? Yes, so it's been fifteen years since um, I first started really working on diet changes um and it it was it's been a bit of a rocky road so you know things started to improve slowly in that time and I thought that I was sort of pretty much on top of it I still was having trouble with um gaining weight but I just thought well there's nothing much I can do about that I'm eating as healthy as I can and um eating a lot (laughs) so it's just genetic you know um but Isaac started getting a bit wobbly with his with anxiety when he was about 11 and it was really odd because well he had always been a sensitive child and um so I kind of thought he was just super sensitive and but then he got yeah he got phobias and stuff happening when he was about 11 and for some reason something I think I must have heard little bits about gut health and stuff so at that time but they hadn't sunk in properly and I pulled him off dairy, gluten, sugar, and grains um, for a week when he was really bad, when he was 11. And um, within a week, he pulled back out of it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm. Um, but, you know, little by little, things crept in a bit here and there. And he seemed to be going okay for a while. But then I think it, within about two years, his bucket overflowed again and this time it overflowed big time Mm. and he went so far down that he became severely OCD, um, really bad anxiety and depression 
and um, phobias, fears, all the yeah, all the OCD stuff with the repetitive actions and not able to leave the house, not able to shower and go to the toilet and change clothes and hop in the car or anything like that easily. Um, I ended up, I was spoon feeding him at 13. And it was really strange to me because I thought, you know, it's like how can, how can he have just gone like this overnight? But when you look back, you realise it was not overnight. It was something that was building up over time. And he obviously always had gut issues because he'd always like struggled with certain foods and been thin and underweight when he was a baby. And, um, yeah, so there was, there had always been stuff going on, but it just finally peaked. So we pulled right back and went on, you know, cutting a long story short <laughs> with lots of research and advice. We went on to the GAPS diet and he also was on medication at first, a small amount of medication because he just wasn't coping at all. Neither mm. were we. Um, and he just really quickly started to pick up with the change in the diet with really focusing on nutrient-dense foods, traditional slow-cooked foods, getting the starchy foods out for a while, making it super easy to digest and getting all those good fats in and the egg yolks and the avocado and the um, just broths and stocks and soups and stews and casseroles and just really simple foods and then also working on his stress levels, getting him outdoors, walking, um, you know, sports, sunshine, swimming, um, essential oils. Um, we, we put a water filter on the whole house plus we had a drinking filter that remineralized the water. Um, we did everything we could think of and he started to pull out of it. And within a year he was completely off medication. Much sooner than that he was completely like turned around, really happy. Um, he, had, he started his first job. He was really outgoing. Um, and just really, you know, back to a really ha actually better than he'd ever been, just so happy and cheerful and outgoing. And his brain started to really start working. Um, his schoolwork took off. Like he hadn't been able to do school properly for ages. Mm. Um, and, you know, fast forward to the end of the year when he was doing so well, he was like, um, you know, learning languages, doing Rubik's Cube, mm -hmm. like getting... You know, so much further ahead with his schoolwork and he went off the medication and then he went mom he said I feel like my brain works faster now he said mm. at work when I'm counting the money out it just all clicks really quickly and it's not fog it felt kind of foggy before and I didn't realize until I went off the medication which was interesting but I guess that's what it does it dulls them down so they don't have that anxiety but it was so wonderful to see the changes with the diet and once he got off the medication and then now it's four and a half years later. He's still off medication. He's not on any. Um, he does really well with his languages, Rubik's Cube, all that. <laughs> um, he's still into all that um, and computer coding and all that kind of thing. And it's just been amazing to see the difference that diet makes. Um, we still have to, like, we're a lot, we don't have to be as strict now with diet as we were when we were on early gaps. Like, once we, got through a couple of years we started to add in some other whole foods that had starches like potato and a little bit of rice and things like that but we don't um, like we're still really careful because I do notice that if he has a lot of sugary foods he starts to get anxious 
Mm. And I'm not sure, but I think like vegetable oils, things that cause inflammation. So we do have to, and I've told my kids, you know, you're going to have to be careful all your lives. Mm. This is something that you've obviously got, a, you know, a, a bias towards being this way. So you've got to really stay on top of it with your diet. And there's times where we're, we're a bit, you know, flex, you know, and have a treat and go on a holiday and have something we wouldn't usually have. But generally we eat really carefully still. Mm. Mm. It's made a big difference for all of us, yeah. That's great. So in terms of where you're at with your health now, Jo, mm. do you feel that, yes. I know we, we never feel like we, we're there, we've made it, but do you feel yeah. like you, you're in? <laughs> so the, much better. Good. So yeah, you, I forgot you, to mention me. Sorry. Yeah, you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, we, when we started GAPS, I was thinking that I was pretty fine, as you do. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I guess because I had come a long way from where I was earlier, like 10, 20 years before. But once we did gaps, you know, within a year, I remember seeing a picture pop up on my Facebook memories of a year ago and I was like, whoa, mm. was I really that skinny and had such dark circles under my eyes only a year ago? Mm. And the difference was amazing. And I just, like my energy levels were so much better within two weeks of starting gaps. My energy was like heaps better. Um, which a lot of people say about any kind of diet where you reduce the carbs and up the fats, you know, and once you switch to that kind of diet, you just like your energy levels are so much better. Um, and I really found that I was, my stress levels reduced. I don't know if it was just the food. I think um, I, you know, I was working on a lot of things, I guess. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I'm much healthier, much happier and, um, yeah, just so much more energy now, um, more confident in myself. I don't have that terrible anxiety like I used to. I mean, we all go through times when we get down about something, but generally speaking, um, I'm just so much better in all areas than I was back then. So it's really encouraging. It is. It's it's so encouraging, and it, you know, if, if anybody's listening, that's you know, at the start of their health journey, it's it's so reassuring to hear what what's available to to them on the other side. So, other than yeah. food, you know, obviously, food has been a massive contributor to mm. you regaining your health. But what other yeah. things do you have in your life, Joe? Like happy habits, if you like, or non negotiables mm-hmm. that you need. Um, in your life to maintain this good level of health? I think one of the things that I changed was the amount of time I spent working. Um, So when I started quirky cooking, like I said, it was a hobby, but I did it at night. And when you've got little kids, you tend to stay up late because that's the only time you've got on your own. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And And it became a really bad habit that I would be up till late, late at night on the computer answering questions on Facebook, blogging, writing, because that was my quiet time. And, and when you're in a house full of kids and you homeschool and there's just people everywhere all the time, that's the only time you can think is at night. <laughs> and I have to have complete quiet when I write. I'm so annoying when I write. I'm like, get out of my bedroom. I'm trying to write. <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> that's reassuring yeah. to hear <laughs> you know, I think everybody's just got this picture of you know Joe Whitten around the table with her kids you know doing amazing arty crafty Rubik's Cubie yeah, well, Japanese 
things that you're just like so zen there with cat on your lap blogging and talking to us but so it's good to hear you're like get out the bedroom i need to write this phew yeah because when i'm really concentrating it's like i want complete quiet yeah. and also when i'm sleeping i really hate kids making noise when i'm sleeping i also get very cranky at that <laughs> me too <laughs> but um yeah i i learned to i think it's really helped that as you know, you get to that point in your business where it reaches the tipping point where you are so busy, but you feel like you've got no money to hire anyone. And so I finally took the leap and hired an assistant, Emma, and that was probably five years ago, four, four years ago maybe. Um, and that was such a wonderful step for the business because I could offload some of my work and um, you know she's great with ideas and bouncing ideas back and forth and things like that and then um, I got someone when Gaps was just overwhelming me with all the cooking and the vegetable chopping which spent made me spend another hour every morning in the kitchen um, I ended up getting a, a the daughter of a friend to come and chop veggies and do dishes once or twice a week and um, you know, just little things, putting in a few little, and it, was, it wasn't full-time for anyone. It was just a few hours here, a few hours there, or even two hours here or there, but mm. it made such a big difference for me. And then that built up where as I had more time to work on my business, um, the business grew and was making more money so I could spend more money on staff. And so now there's, you know, there's a really good team and Fuad started helping me, which made a big difference because he always told me off if I was on the computer at evenings. <laughs> and um, so I started to really pull back at night and spend more time, more downtime in the evenings and on the weekends and not just work constantly. Business as well as your hobby, as well as you just love talking to people, you can really easily just do it too much. Um, so I had to learn to pull back a bit and have more quiet time and more um, time out and family time and not be in front of the computer all the time. So um, I've always loved, like, for instance, taking my cuppa in the middle of the day and going sitting with my feet in the grass and having a cuppa and telling the kids to leave me alone for 10 minutes. And <laughs> I've always done that sort of thing. I've always had some quiet time in the mornings and I've always had a bit of me time in the evenings. I've always done that. Even when the kids were babies, I always had an hour in the middle of the day that everybody had to lay down, whether they slept or not, they weren't allowed off their bed for an hour and we all had a rest. Mm. So I've always been really particular about that time out, but yeah, the nights got too late for me. So now I've pulled that right back and it's really helped, I think, with my health as well and my stress levels to realise that the world will go on and my readers will survive if I don't get all the things done that I said I would do or I wanted to do and I just need to have some family time and some time out and that's okay. <laughs> it sure is. So, yeah. It sure is. And I remember that post <laughs> that you put. It was a while ago, um, probably pre yeah. but you, you, you did a post and it said, do yeah. what you love but don't do it too much. And yeah. kind of like <laughs> I over, don't remember that. You overblogged, I think, and I remember it was very poignant for me. I was like, "Oh, that's really that's because you know it, it can you know from what how you wanted to start the blog to have that community, have that connection, share yeah. your recipes, and like you said, that was your expression, that was your quiet time, it was your thing. Yeah. But then it can soon turn to be uh, something Consume else. You. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If, if you don't have Especially these, if you have a little bit of. As Fuad always tells me, I've got a bit of OCD as well. So I think I get obsessed by things, <laughs> maybe a little. But um, 
you know, it's just when you really love something, you do. You can yeah. completely be consumed by it and and you've got to be careful not to do that with when you're running your own business from home too. You've got to think about, okay, I need to spend some time on my own, not doing anything, and I also need to spend some time with my family. <laughs> so you've got to kind of, yeah, be, be firm with yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you have any um, other habits that you, you stick to, like maybe an exercise regime that you have or a massage therapist or chiropractic? Any other things um, that you sort of schedule? I, I'm, that job? I'm, sometimes I am good with exercise and sometimes I'm not. <laughs> At the moment, I'm not very good. Um, I try. I, you know, I've had times in my life where I've had very scheduled exercise times where I wake up in the morning, do my stretching before I even, you know, leave my bedroom. But yeah, at the moment I'm, I need to get back into that. Yes. Um, so let me think chiropractic. When we were on gaps, we were very regular with chiropractic. That was another thing we found really helpful. Um, and now we're sort of more spread out between visits. It's not just a regular scheduled thing. It's, it's here and there and also massage um, therapist. I've got a really good friend who is like the best remedial therapist in the world. Mm, awesome. <laughs> and so I go see her when I need to, and she also is my Pilates instructor. So um, hopefully we're getting back into lessons again soon. So yeah, I've been, I've been away and I had such a big holiday time over Christmas. I had a big break and I kind of dropped the ball with the exercise. You know how you do on holidays sometimes. So yeah, still getting back probably my main um, routine for mornings I try to even when I first wake up have a time of gratitude that is just my quiet thoughts prayers you know just I am so thankful for this and this and just start thinking about things that I'm grateful for and that really seems to set the tone for the day mm. um, I lay in my bed and my side door of my bedroom is right near my bed and it's a screen door and I leave it completely open all night with the blinds open everything we live in far north Queensland and it's hot weather and so you need that breeze so I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be looking at my garden I can hear all the parrots and the kookaburras and the palm trees and you know it's kind of a really nice way to wake up yeah and I yeah I took a little video this morning actually with the the kookaburras and the palm trees and the rain (laughs) it was just beautiful um and I also yeah and I also um try to have yeah just a bit of quiet time that's like introspective in the mornings before before everyone else is up um, I generally have my shower early and get completely dressed. If you're, if you're running a business from home and you, you know what it's like, that temptation to just be in your pajamas all day. But I actually mm-hmm. find if I have a shower, wash my hair, blow dry, you know, make my hair look nice, put on a bit of makeup, put on a nice outfit. I feel so much more motivated to work mm-hmm. than if I'm just wandering around while I'm still wandering around unshowered in my slippers I feel tired and yeah. it's like once I have a shower and get dressed I make this switch and it's like right ready to go <laughs> yeah bring it and now on. I have an office yeah exactly mm. and now I have an office in town as well so oh, I've had that for a few years so generally in the mornings I'll get ready make everyone breakfast and half the time lunch as well and then get out the door and I'll go and um, go to my office and work and it's only like three or four minutes drive from home but it's quiet. I can write. Yes. And you <laughs> and need I, that. You need that space to be able to be creative and get in the flow. Absolutely. 
You really do. And, and I can just get my calls done and get my work done. And then I go home for lunch and we all have lunch together, whoever's home. And um, I help my daughter with her schoolwork. And then I go back again to the office and do some more work and until it's like time to pick up and take kids here and there or whatever it is. And, um, but yeah, it's just nice to have that space and, um, have that, yeah, that quiet space. It's good. That's great. It's different at different seasons of life though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And your, your kids are you know, more able Older to now. fend for themselves. Yeah, my youngest for themselves. Is, yeah, my youngest is 15 and a half. So. Mm, yeah. That's good. That's good. And that's answered one of um, our readers' questions. Naomi had a question about how you structured yes. your work weeks, being someone who works okay. from home for yourself and how you factoring your cooking and your self-love. Um, and one of the questions that I had as well was, um, you know, how would you describe a typical Joe Whitten day, which you, I think oh, you pretty I'm much just, done that. Yeah, <laughs> but I can, I can give you a little bit more detail. Um, yes, please. Yeah, so with, so my daughter, do- I've got two kids still homeschooling. The other two are working age. So um, the two at home, one of them does distance ed. So he's mainly looked after by his teachers. The other one I homeschool. So she's like I'll do a little bit with her quite often in the mornings before I leave, a bit of maths, and then I'll go for maybe three or four hours to the office, go home for an hour so that we have a bit of time together while I have we have lunch and we chat and you know, the kids, I can help them if they need some help with school. Um, and then I'll go back to the office for about three or four hours again. Um, I get help two days a week. Now I used to get help three days a week, but I've cut it back because my eldest daughter is not working at the moment. So she's got more responsibilities at home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I get help from, my sister and an assistant at home with the cooking as well as my daughter, my eldest daughter, she's 21. And so they, and the kids all do the chores and everything. So they all do the dishes and the um, vacuuming and mopping and washing and cleaning the bathrooms and toilets and all that. I don't do much of that. Um, Just a little bit here and there. I just mostly chase them up. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, I've got the assistant, my sister and the other girl for cooking, um, twice a week to get stuff in the freezer so that we've got stuff on hand for lunches and dinners and healthy snacks and things like that. Um, And that's really because, like I said, I built that up over time as my business was more able to handle the, um, you know, the paying of people. That way I can focus on what I need to do and get help with the things that other people can help me with. and it, it's made a big difference with the amount of work I can get done in a day and not having to work late in the night. So that's been really good. Um, when I come home late afternoon, um, you know, I work out what's for dinner and sometimes it's a meal that's mostly cooked and then I'll just have to do some veggies, noodles, whatever, and um, get that on the table. Um, and then after dinner, we pretty much now and then I have to do a little bit of work. Um, especially the last couple of weeks because I've been putting together menus and recipes for Hope for Health and that's volunteer work. So I've kind of been doing that in the evenings. Um, But usually in the evenings it's just spending time with the family and reading and, you know, maybe watching something or um, going for a walk with the dog or, you know, those kind of things, going to visit grandma, 
So yeah, having friends over for a cuppa. Mm. So yeah, it's pretty, it's not like it. I don't have a, I don't have a super exciting life. I live in this very small country town of about a thousand people. Um, and we love getting out in nature. Um, we love going to the lake in the evenings for a swim when the sun's setting. Um, we love walking in the rainforest, um, you know, just going for drives and being outdoors. So that's sort of what we do on the weekends and on the after, after work. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds amazing. Just absolutely idyllic. (laughs) Like I think it's what we're all, what we're all striving for, but which um, I've still got two questions here. So like if if you were, if you were Joe Whitten, that still cleaned the toilet, cooked all the meals um, everything. Yes, back when the kids were younger. <laughs> what what would you know? Would you be as successful as you are right now? Do you think, or do you think that being able to get that support that you have done, like like you say, has freed you up to be able to well, operate from? I think you can definitely. I think you can definitely still be successful. Like I've only had that help for the last three years. Um, the kids have always done chores though. That's something I've built in from really early on because that's, you know, how my parents raised me. Um, from the time that the kids were toddlers, they had to learn to put away their toys. They had to learn to help with meals. Um, so I had them, you know, up on a stool, washing lettuce, scrubbing potatoes from the time they could stand on a stool. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's really important to start when the kids are young because it's a lot harder to start when they're teenagers and suddenly you start going, help me with the dishes. And they're like, mm. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've really, yeah, built that in from really young. So they each have, we did it different ways. Like when they were little, um, they had like a job list and it changed every day. But then we got to the stage when they were older where they all had particular things that they good at that they would prefer to do and they've just stuck with those jobs I mean they'll help each other out if I need more help they'll help and do other things but you know they all have their so every day they know what they've got to do they just have to sometimes be reminded because they are human Um, Mm -hmm. they they know what their jobs are and if it doesn't get done we all know whose fault it is (laughs) it's like yes well you have your department so get in here and mop it (laughs) (laughs) so we have it's kind of like in our home we've divided up what has to be done each day everybody knows what's theirs and that way it goes a lot smoother um and uh you know if i need extra help i'll pay them i always pay them i do pay them pocket money or actually pay for their phone bills by (laughs) to um for their housework um but if they do extra so cassia will want to make some more money sometimes um like on the weekend and so she'll do two or three hours work or i'll get them out in the garden and i'll pay them for doing gardening and stuff like that so yeah that's made a big difference but when they were little they still did help me but yeah i was working till much later at night um it can be done but your sleep will suffer (laughs) Yeah, I think that's just that's what I found. I just think a lot of women, no matter you know what level they're at, and even if they don't have a home business, I just think a lot of women have got a lot of blocks around asking for help. You know, even if it's yeah. from from the kids, I hear a lot of women saying, "Oh, mm. well, you know, they're they're not going to do the job properly, or it's going to take too long to teach them how to do it, so mm. therefore I'll just kind of do it all to myself." And it's almost like a, yeah. um, I don't know what it is. It, you sort of get stuck in this overwhelmed pattern where you just keep doing everything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Have you got any yeah, yeah, advice? It's hard to ask. Yeah, it's hard to ask for help if you never have. 
that's for sure. And especially if you grew up in a family where your mum did everything in the housework and you were not asked to help and you were told, get out of the kitchen, you're in my way, it's hard to transition into getting all the family helping. But I've always explained it to my to my kids as we all live in this house and we all need to contribute towards it running smoothly. And if you don't contribute, then I can't work and then we won't actually have the money to pay this house off and we won't have a house. <laughs> and you'll be <laughs> on the street. You want to <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, and it's taken a long time for us to get to the stage where we could afford to pay a house off. We were renting for years. Mm. Um, but it's because, you know, working hard, you can start to do those things and you can start to take your kids on holidays and you can start to go out for dinner and do things like that. But they have to be willing to put in some effort Otherwise, it's not fair. And mm. that's what I say to them. I said, this is, this is our family and this is our home. You know, when you grow up and you go and um, share a home with friends or, you know, housemates, you've all got to do certain things. Otherwise, you're going to get kicked out. Mm. <laughs> you know, you've got to help. And I tell them, you know, this is training for life. You've got to learn to pitch in. You've got to be helping. Um, it's all part of the it's just what we do as a family. And I think your expectations um, need to be high because your kids will never, um, like, if you have low expectations, then that's all they're going to come up to. Mm -hmm. uh, have high expectations and they will learn to come up to that with, with things like um, helping and housework. I'm not talking about perfectionism. Like, I have never been a perfectionist with housework. I've always said to the kids, you know, right from young, this is your job. And then sometimes you have to clean it up a bit yourself when they're little afterwards. <laughs> but um, it's something's better than nothing because sometimes I won't get the toilet cleaned, um, you know, for a week if, if they don't do it. So something's better than nothing, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> just, just get them doing something. It's great. It's really good. And do you have, do you, like, you just really gave me permission to go out and, um, and, and, you know, that's the whole reason that we're having this podcast because it was just mm. an absolute game changer. And I'll explain a little bit more about that in the intro to the, yeah. to the show. Um, but do you have any um, advice for women out there who maybe are doing, you know, all the right things in terms of the food that they're eating, but just can't seem to get ahead of themselves in terms of the food prep or the house chores or the kids or the work or the finances and the supermarket shopping? Do you have any advice for all the women out there who are like, how does Joe hold it all together and still look amazing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Well, simplify. Like don't mm. try and do it all and don't, don't try and make really fussy meals and fancy sweets and things all the time. Like that maybe is a weekend thing if you enjoy that kind of thing, but keep it really simple. It's fine to have steak and veggies for dinner or fish and salad or no fish and veggies, steak and salad is better really because steak's more filling than veggies. But anyway, um, <laughs> roast, roast chicken and veggies, you know, simple things. So chuck something, chuck a roast in the slow cooker in the morning. Um, when you've got extra time, chop extra veggies and put them in the fridge ready to go for those when for the next night when you come home and you're flat chat and you just need something quickly you've already got oh the amazing feeling of already having veggies chopped ready to go like pumpkin carrot um, broccoli cauliflower already chopped 
ready to chuck in the pan. It feels like a takeaway meal. It's so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Things like that, little, little hacks like that. Like if you're making a meal that can be doubled or tripled, then double or triple it and put some in the freezer so that you're ready for another meal. Um, at At the end of the week, like on a Saturday or Sunday, look through your fridge, see what's there, clean out the stuff that needs to be thrown away and make a list of what you could make with what's left. So you, oh, look, I've got all these zucchinis. What in the world am I going to do with them? Oh, mushroom and zucchini strata, awesome. Mm. Um, you know, make a list of the meals that you can make and go to the markets or the grocery store and get the specials, get the things that are, you know, they're ready to go at a cheaper price and then make your menu and When I say menu planning, it may only just be write down five recipes that you want to make that week, Um, practical recipes that are using up things you've already got as much as possible, buy whatever else you need for them, have it all there in the fridge, freezer and pantry, put the list on the fridge and then the night before, think what am I having for dinner tomorrow, take that meat out of the freezer and put it in the fridge write down a shopping list if there's anything else you need, but hopefully you've already bought it. And you're so much further ahead already to come home from work and be ready to cook dinner without all the stress because you know what you're cooking. You've already got everything there and it's probably half done because you've got veggies chopsy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But things like that really help, especially when I was so busy with little kids. Um, Menu planning was really important. Um, and doing a big shop so that I had stuff on hand so that I didn't waste time dashing into the shop every day because that you end up spending much more that way and you end up um, wasting a lot of time. So, um, yeah, also having a routine in the morning so that you... So part of my routine I didn't mention was like getting up, putting a load of washing on. I used to always do that. I leave it to India now because, like I said, she's home at the moment. Um, but like get up, have your shower and straight away, as soon as you get out of the shower, take your dirty clothes, go put them in the washing machine, start a load of washing, things like that, that you just start to get into a routine and it makes your day go go a lot smoother. And that's something that you just build in little by little, um, cutting out extra activities that you really don't need. If you're really stressed and overwhelmed and busy, um, sit down and think about your priorities you know, with you and your family and um, cut out some of those extra activities that that really are just stressing you out. Um, It might be too many sports or activities after school commitments and just have an afternoon where everyone sits around and does nothing. It's awesome. Yeah. It's true. You don't have to fill, you don't have to fill every day with stuff. You will still be a good parent and your children will grow up to be amazing adults without every afternoon filled (laughs) so things like that you know it's just we we fill our lives so much in our culture with stuff that Mm -hmm. we don't need to fill it with and our homes are filled with stuff and our heads are filled with stuff and we just need to simplify and declutter and just go sit out under the trees yeah that's you know and to be present (laughs) you know with with your with your child yeah Seeing it under the trees, having a cup of tea with your feet in the grass. I mean, that sounds yeah. just your whole your whole nervous system. Just be, go, oh, oh yeah, just, and it may only be ten minutes, but it makes a big difference. Big when, difference. when I was flat chat with little kids, that ten minutes was like my lifeline. Yeah, 
your, your anchor, your little anchors throughout yeah. the day, which is what you've got in place, which is wonderful. And you've shared mm. so many amazing tips that, you know, people will listen to this. And even if they just take one thing away, it's going to, you know, <laughs> add, you know, lessen their overwhelm, which is amazing, Joe. So before you share with us where we can find you and what's coming up with Quirky Cooking, um, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your beliefs or your personal take on the three great areas of um, clean living, which are chocolate, alcohol, <laughs> and coffee. Okay. Well, I, I did a talk at the local school for the teachers the other week, and um, you know, I think they get a bit scared when they say, when someone says that there's someone coming to talk to you about health today, and they're all sitting there going, "Oh, great!" And I'm like, <laughs> "I just want you to know that I'm all for chocolate." And they're like, "Okay, now, now we're listening to this." I didn't you know I had to explain later on what I mean by chocolate because there's chocolate and there's chocolate that's true um I was another talk that I was doing for the teenagers at the high school I actually went through the ingredients in chocolate and supermarket sort of cheap chocolate has so much rubbish in it that you wouldn't even realize um and they don't even use, do you know they don't even use real cacao butter anymore in some of these chocolates? They actually use um, another really weird fat, and I can't remember what it is oh. anyway, and it's not tested for long periods of time. Like people don't know what it's going to do in the end. So mm. it's, really, it's really sad. But mm. chocolate that's made from traditional ingredients, um, so cacao and cacao butter or, or cocoa and cocoa butter, um, a, a natural sweetener, a bit of vanilla and salt, if you want to, cream or whatever in there, but just natural ingredients, perfect. Have it. Don't worry about it. Stop stressing. It's good for you. <laughs> in moderation. <laughs> I, love, I love it. And your chocolate, your, like your um, amazing, I think it's the peanut butter fudge. Um, yeah, the nutty. Oh, the peanut butter fudge. Oh, that's so good. It's like so good. And everyone likes it. Normally yeah. when I make something chocolatey with the dark chocolate, it's only me that likes it, but yeah. everyone likes that one. It's a good one. Yeah, I find people who are not into healthy and not don't always like the homemade chocolate, but they always love the nutty chocolate mm-hmm. fudge. So yum. Fudge. Oh, that yeah. one's on the blog, guys. Yes, <laughs> go and check it out. So chocolate's against yes. the thumbs up. What about alcohol and coffee? Yep. Alcohol is something that I've never been into. Um, I was raised by parents who didn't drink, and then when I went on to all the healthy stuff, I, I that was sort of reinforced for me, and I do understand that in moderation it can be quite medicinal, things like red wine and stuff like that. If you're having a biodynamic, organic type of good quality wine in moderation, it's probably not a big deal. For me, though, I just, I've never really had the interest, so I have never gone there. So, yeah. Easy. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't do alcohol except a little bit in cooking now and then. Um, what was the other thing you asked? Coffee. Coffee. I love With coffee. the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off coffee at the moment. Oh, are you? Um, yeah, because I'm going to do this retreat at Hope for Hope for Health. I'm doing. I'm managing the kitchen and cooking and doing all the menu planning, everything for two weeks. And um, at this retreat, it's very strict because it's kind of an intervention. It's um, helping people that are really unwell from the Indigenous communities on Elko mm. Island. And so we've really got to stick to the diet ourselves that they're going to be on because it wouldn't be fair if we were there 
having coffee and chocolate and sweets if they can't have it. So no coffee for me for a couple, few more weeks. Wow. <laughs> so I said to my, because India's coming to help me cook at the retreat, and I said to her, okay, we've got 10 days left before we go. We're onto the broths and we're off the sweets, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so we're not even having chocolate at the moment. So oh, yeah, we're, good. Um, It'll be a good little reset. Yeah. Mm. yeah, well, that's what I figure. I mean, it's good to have a detox now and then mm. and just to really, yeah. And I always find my energy levels really pick up when I completely stay off things like coffee and sweets. It does eventually, you know, after a few days, after a few days of tiredness, your energy levels do pick up. And I, when I was struggling with adrenal fatigue early last year after my surgery, I had to really be careful with all of that kind of thing. Um, coffee will prop you up and you'll become quite addicted to it if you've got adrenal fatigue because that's the only thing that keeps you going. And when you take it away, you'll completely crash. And that's why you've got to work on that underlying issue if, if that's a problem. If coffee is a crutch for you, then you need to work on the underlying issue. But when I do have coffee, I generally have one a day and it's organic. So I don't, I don't just go crazy with coffee even when mm. I do have it. But I do love the flavour. <laughs> It's yeah. good, and it's such a it's it's such a big difference from having you know I used to have a skinny was it skinny flat white with mm-hmm. one sugar which but essentially was just a sugar bomb and there wasn't really much coffee in there whereas no. now I just have like a little espresso of a beautiful you know locally nice. roasted organic and it's just so like one it's just this beautiful it's so beautiful yeah, yeah. well I have I have a lot of cream in mine I have pure organic cream from our local organic dairy so yeah. I do love my coffee with cream mm-hmm. and it fills me up in yeah. the morning like it's, it's part of my breakfast <laughs> yeah when I have it yeah it yeah it's like a butter coffee kind of yeah yummy yeah. yummy so yeah. tell us about the future for quirky cooking you've had a wonderful break over Christmas an amazing trip to mm. Europe what's next yes. oh oh it's funny I was just writing in my diary figuring out oh that's another thing that I didn't mention for my daily schedule is journaling journaling mm. <laughs> I love journaling <laughs> um I I'm a list maker and I love writing so and handwriting and so I do a lot of journaling sometimes in the morning usually in the morning and sometimes at night Mm, so pretty (laughs) so the projects I'm working on at the moment um, we're updating the gut health program um, because that's been out for about four years now and there's been a few changes to recommendations on GAPS intro and we're adding in a section for full GAPS because we really recommend if people do GAPS to start with full GAPS and work their way back if they need to. Some people don't need to. Full GAPS may be enough. Um, so we're updating the gut health program, which is a gigantic job. Mm. Um, we're, we're, I'm working on a program, a different program, with my friend Elise, who's a nutritionist and GAPS practitioner, but it won't be a GAPS program. It's a whole foods program. And um, so that I'm not sure when that will be out, but we're working on that one. We've got a, um, we've got a trial group happening with that. Um, I'm working on some seminars, some cooking seminars with foodie friends that I won't mention yet because it's still a secret. <laughs> But that's going to start in the middle of the year. Um, I'm working on, well, Fouad and I were working on a gut health cookbook and we both needed a break, so we put that on the back burner for a little while, but that will eventually go ahead. But I feel like the program is more important at the moment, um, the updates for for my program. So we'll do that first. And then the cookbook is basically the recipes from the program 
sort of mostly. <laughs> um, and so people who buy the program can get the cookbook with it that way so that they have it printed. So that'll come out later. Um, I'm actually working on <laughs> planning a, gut, a luxury gut health retreat in the Italian Alps. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was contacted. Is this with the this lady? Do you remember that you told me about there was a lady in Italy who has this amazing home with an amazing yeah. ceiling? Is this this woman? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a, the ski lodge is built, was built in the 1600s and it's got a stone ceiling. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, we've been working on plans for that. It probably won't be till next year, though. So there's still a fair way away for that one, but it's very exciting. So, um, yeah, you know, the kind of gastronomic gut health retreat with culinary medicine and foraging for wild mushrooms and truffles and visiting the local beekeepers and cheesemakers in the Italian Alps and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's a bit exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting. I know. You've just got such an amazing life now and then you've got all of this exciting stuff, you know, to look forward to. I know. It's amazing. It's just very and, and one thing I'm so excited about is going to help with Hope for Health um, in 10 days. It's, it's like it's such a crazy difference from the Italian gut health retreat luxury type thing yeah. and then camping in tents in Darwin in the hot weather, yeah. <laughs> um, cooking in a kitchen all day. But it's something that I've been always wanting to do is to be able to give back to the Indigenous community and work with them on their health. So I'm so um, honoured to be asked by Hope for Health to help with that. And we've got another project coming out soon. It's still a secret that's going to um, work towards that as well. Um, so that should be out within a month. So then you'll hear about that one. And, yeah, that's, that's probably the most exciting stuff coming up. So, yeah. Sounds, it sounds amazing. And Joe, thank you so much. Like seriously, on behalf of all of the quirky community out there who, you know, have been helped by you and your contribution and your sharing of just insanely perfect recipes. Like you're just so good at recipes. Aww. Like you don't you don't have a dud <laughs> recipe. Like there's nothing. Like <laughs> and, and as soon as you get you know, as soon as I got as soon as I got my Thermomix, everyone was like, just cook anything from Quirky Cooking and you'll be fine. I'm like, who is this Quirky Aww. Cooking? And I'm like, oh my God, thank God. I'm That's so you. nice. Because, yeah, <laughs> because you really help transform my health and just make it more doable and actually, with actual foods that the family would like and actually eat oh, that's um, so nice. and that, that I know that goes for a lot of um of the community as well so thank you so much keep showing up keep looking after yourself so we can just get more yummy recipes and have more <laughs> joe time thank you helen thanks for having me thanks guys thanks joe this has been a production of the check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.